Well, ladies and gentlemen, look who we have on the show, the composer of Baldur's Gate 3 and many more incredible projects over the years. Borislav, it is a pleasure and honor to have you, mate. How are you today? Thank you so much, Dan. It's a pleasure. And uh, once again, thank you for your invitation. I was uh, really looking forward to meeting in person. And now that we are already talking, I can say that uh, all my expectations have been met already. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> you look like a really kind and uh, um, smiling person. And uh, you know, one of the reasons I, I love sharing the passion about video games and music is because um, I do this for life. I did quite a few changes in my life just to have a chance to develop myself in this direction. And that's why every time I meet someone like you, it uh, warms my heart and makes me remember the very reason I started, uh, you know, this journey. Because, you know, I'm a master of computer science by education. Might come as a surprise for you. Well, you, so when did you start? 2001 was when video game composing Boris yeah. Love started. Is that correct? Yes, precisely 2001. And uh, wow, wow, <laughs> that sounds frightening <laughs> yes <laughs> well it's really it's really frightening when i look back but it, yeah more than 20 years already uh back then you know i was playing video games like crazy and uh, of course I, I i loved composing music and the only way for me to to combine those two passions of mine was to you know one beautiful morning i woke up and i you know thought to myself you know what i really would like to to, to make a career change in my life why not <laughs> And uh, this is how my journey started in the video game industry. Yes, precisely 22 years ago. What made you make that change? Is it just follow your heart? You know, life's short, follow yeah. your heart? Yeah. Yeah, follow my heart. I mean, I think it, it might sound like a cliche, but personally, that's not the case with me. I firmly believe that uh, one of the most important things in life is uh, that uh, we should stay faithful to our to our hearts. Because I think that's the only thing that truly belongs to us. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, mm. whatever we do, wherever we go, you know, our heart is still <laughs> and loyal, right? And we should not betray our hearts. And uh, 20 years ago, you know, I was still working as an IT specialist back then. As you know, full, my full-time job back then was uh, full, uh, IT specialist. And one beautiful day, I just realized that I, I really cannot, I, I cannot keep fooling myself. I really need to stay uh, faithful to myself. And I said, enough is enough. That's the moment I'm going to, I'm going to change my path and I'm going to start developing myself as a composer, because that's the only way for me to compose the two most important things in my life, music and video games. But what was it about composing and music that drew you in so much? Was it just that creative aspect to it? Well, you know, love and passion for music has always been there ever since I remember myself. I mean, it's uh, video games came a lot later, years later. But ever since, you know, uh, when I look back into my childhood, I always, you know, enjoyed listening uh, to music, playing guitar, dancing in the rain, if you like. I mean, everything <laughs> that's you now connected with music. And But I never had a chance back then to, to study um, and to to get a classical musical education because the environment, the family and um, everything in my world and life back then was gently pushing me in a different direction. So it took quite some time uh, before I could uh, take life in my own hands 
and start taking the decisions I always was craving for. But yeah, going back to your question, music has always been there. And how did that first opportunity come about on that first video game that you worked on? Oh, it was quite a hilarious moment, by the way. You know, back then I had absolutely no experience uh, experience whatsoever. I was just playing a guitar and I was just, you know, the music was just a hobby for me back then. Mm. And uh, I was very brave in, in the, the moment I heard about opportunity, a brand new studio open doors in my home city of Sofia. And I thought to myself, that's a great opportunity. I believe I can provide a music for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a very bold, you know, step and a uh, big smile on my face. I yeah. uh, literally kicked in the office of the guys uh, saying something stupid, stupid like, you know, uh, hello, guys. I'm your composer. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I knew the guys back then. I knew the... I knew the, the the CEO. I knew the founder of the studio. Uh, he was a friend of mine back then. But nevertheless, I mean, it was a hilarious moment, and I would never forget, you know, the look on their faces and and the, and the big smile they gave me back. But here I am, twenty two years later, talking to you about music and video games, <laughs> right? So uh, it, it, it seems that I did something right after all. <laughs> Just a few things along the way. <laughs> You know, Baldur's Gate 3 soundtrack, mate, it is, it's an astounding achievement. You should be very proud and everyone involved. It is incredible, this soundtrack. Take me back to the first piece of music you wrote for Baldur's Gate 3. Was it that theme? Because I know, I believe I heard you say you were walking through the city of, of Ghent and that theme came to you, right? Just as you were walking and taking in the city? Yes, actually, I was very, very lucky because the very first piece of music that I composed for Baldur's Gate 3 was exactly down by the river. Wow. Uh, the main song. And uh, basically, it, 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 it did the initial, it did the ignition, you know, the start of everything else. And it's a very rare thing to do, at least in my perspective, you know. For, uh, the very process of exploring and looking and searching for the main theme usually does not come that fast to my experience, if you know mm. what I mean. I mean, sometimes it takes much more time to immerse yourself, to, to, to inspire yourself, to uh, to look around uh, until the moment you you find it, because it's a, it's a, it's it's basically the most important piece of music in the score, from my perspective. Because one of the things I tend to do when I produce music for video games is that uh, whenever I believe that I have found the main theme, whenever I believe that this is the theme that could be easily scaled in any given direction, up, down, to make it romantic or epic, dark or, you know, joyful and playful, that's the most important thing for me, then everything goes easy from this po point on, more or less, because I have the seed, I just need to put it in the soil and I know that it's going to mm -hmm. become a, a really beautiful plant, musical plant or something. You know, I'm, I'm talking bullshit already. No, you're not. Then no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, but, uh, I'm just <laughs> no. trying to express myself in English as much as I can. And uh, yes, uh, the, Down by the River was the very first theme and song that I composed and I consider myself extremely lucky. It was a really funny moment as well. I don't know if you had a chance to, to, to see the video that I posted like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the moment I was singing 
the very song in front of all Larian Studios directors. <laughs> Isn't that we intimidating? A, it, it, well, uh, not not if uh, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of tipsy. I mean, it's too late to keep it secret, but uh, you know when. When you were supposed to be making such an important presentation and talking about the music direction in 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 Baldur's Gate three, yeah, uh, I must admit I uh, I visited the bar <laughs> right before my turn. <laughs> but please do tell me it doesn't show right. It, it it doesn't look like this way. If you had a chance to to, to watch it, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> you're so kind. Bless absolutely your heart, not. Man. No, no. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, uh, it was a it was a special moment, yeah. Um, and I think that uh, it turned out to be one of the most exciting and mo- most you know interesting moments in, in in my entire career. Every time, you know, once in a while, I go back, I look into the footage, I watch the footage, and I realize again how how lucky I was first to find the main theme, then to have to have found my place in such a beautiful. Um, Theme like Larian Studios, it's it's a company like no one else out there. I can tell you this. What's I mean, your relationship like with with Sven and the team? Uh, uh, my relationship is like uh, with everyone else. It feels like a family, man. I, mm. I know it. I, I I keep talking, you know, like I'm using <laughs> lots of cliche and stuff, but it's true. There is absolutely it's no, true. Yeah, yeah, there is absolutely no other way to put it. You know, I you know. I'm very cautious when it comes to using uh, corporate uh, bullshit uh, as a language style. But in this case, I can tell you, I can put my hand on my heart and I can tell you that Larian Studios is just a family for me. Mm-hmm. It's my second family. Uh, it feels this way simply because, you know, I've been around, obviously. 20 years is not, I mean, it's, it's quite a It's, it's not a short amount time. of time, yeah. It's not, it's not a short amount of, of time and I've worked uh, here and there and I know things. But the moment I, you know, had a chance to uh, to join Lorian Studios, I realized that there was no other place like this one. Simply because the the culture there is very special. It feels like you're you're like a band of brothers. Like we are like a bunch of cowboys. At least at the beginning, that was the feeling for me. I mean, uh, imagine you're with your gang and you're like, "Let's do it." I mean, it, I have an idea. Yeah, I love it. I have another one. Mm, this this sucks, man. But let's how about? This one, so in, in the the collaboration, the, the you know the very atmosphere, the way we uh, we share experience, share ideas, discuss, work, support one another, or argue if you like, feels like uh, like a band of brothers, like a family, and uh, uh, this is how I felt back then, and this is uh, that's pretty much my relationship, not only with Sven but with the entire team. Of course, now we are way bigger company. In comparison, I mean, we were like maybe 100, 150 people when I joined um, seven years already, I believe. At the beginning of 2016, I joined the company. But still, I'm very happy to let you know that uh, we managed to keep the harmony and the culture in place. That's something very rare. And uh, I think that's the most important thing. And once in a while, I... You know, I allow myself to tell Sven, to tell Sven, this is the most important thing. You want to keep the grounded roots of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There is a very special, there very specific culture, if you like. Did you always feel a part of the family from the, you know, the first time you started working with them? 
Oh yeah, absolutely, man. That was the. Uh, this is how I joined the company. I, you know, my, my very very first visit again. Um, I went there just as a fan. Just to, you know, I was even spending a couple of days with the team, talking with Sven, talking with the guys, and in a few days, just you know, in a very casual way, Sven offered me his hand and and, and asked me, "Are you joining the, the company or what?" And I said, <laughs> "Yeah." Wow. There you go. Uh, yeah, so right from the start, I feel uh, I I felt at home. I felt at home. This is how it works at Larian. At least for me back then, I you know I cannot speak on behalf of uh, other colleagues obviously, but this is how it worked for me, and that uh, that's why I feel so special working in Larian Studios. How do you tackle something like this? Uh, a game this big, a soundtrack this big. How do you even? Is it is it one day at a time, one track at a time? How do you not get lost in the no, scope of it all? No, it doesn't work that way. But that's a really beautiful question. The scope is intimidating, so much is certain. Yet, again, it's about culture. Even if you fall behind in some specific ways, at time, you can always count on your you know band of brothers, on your fellow colleagues. So if um, uh, I need to, let's say, distance myself for a while so that I can immerse myself, so I can inspire, I can, you know, retreat, if you like, in my uh, music. In the mountains. Studio, yeah. In the mountains. You know, I know that whenever I get back, I can always count on my fellow colleagues there to bring me in, to, to you know, to help me catch up and to quickly, um, you know, fill up the gaps when it comes to scope, when it comes to new elements that needs to be taken into consideration when I produce the next chapters in the game. And uh, that's why I always feel content. I feel, always feel relaxed. There is no tension. There is no um, uncertainty, if you like. It doesn't work this way. At least it doesn't for, for me. Because I even even when I kind of, for, for whatever reason, I feel that I'm falling behind. I know that the moment I ask for help, the, the moment I need it, you know, I'm going to instantly get it. With with open heart, with open arms, with everything that I need would be right there for me. So and that kind I of relieves the pressure a little bit. Yeah, not a little bit, but quite a lot because yeah. you don't have to think about uh, uh, those things. You can stay focused on the creative part as much as you need as much as you like because ultimately at the end of the day what i truly believe is that no matter what we do we need to enjoy the process of creation it's not how to put it i don't believe that if i don't if i don't manage to, to make myself emotional i cannot expect to make you emotional at the end of the day you know what i'm talking about so mm -hmm. so that's why i take my time i need to compose music that makes me happy or makes me emotional that makes me um, experience whatever we need to elevate or support in any other way, uh, in any given way in, in, in the game. So, yeah. Are they giving you certain scenes and you're reacting to those scenes and creating music? Or is it more of you're going off and finding your own inspirations and then the, the implementation of that music is put into certain scenes. You see what I'm saying? What's yeah. the more common thing for a game like this? Both actually. Right. Both because sometimes 
it really depends on um, on the phase of the, uh, of the production of the development cycle. Let me give you an example. For instance, I one of the most challenging things in a game like this one is that uh, it, it, at the beginning I had the luxury, you know, to to take the time to inspire myself to do the you know the concept discovery to to look for inspiration for instrumentation you know to get familiar with the narrative to talk with, the, with my fellow directors with uh, to to you know to inspire myself by the art by the story and all those elements so you know i have more time so to say right at the start mm-hmm. but but at some and, and this is the moment you know i try to be heavily driven by everything that i can absorb everything that i take from all those elements but with a scope like Baros Gate 3 there is always moment when I need to start getting ahead of the waterfall because music one of the most challenging elements when it comes to music production for video games especially in role-playing games with the scope of Baros Gate 3 is that the, uh, the, the 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 amount of music that needs to be produced it's so huge that uh, uh, at some point and, and and at the same time that music comes is, is one of the latest the last elements in the production. Music implementation, sound implementation comes, you know, at very late in the process, yeah. at the end. And this is very challenging things from, because from one side, you need to get inspired and driven by the game. But from the other, you uh, are part, your deliverables are part of the, you know. Really, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, yeah. Yeah. How do you balance that? And this, this is the moment when I... Um, uh, one of the biggest challenges is to find a way to get ahead of the waterfall. I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the term waterfall. Waterfall is a um, is a term, project management term. Uh, but basically, yeah. So w- one of the most challenging things for me was to find a way to get ahead of the waterfall. So kind of to to inspire myself to make a flash forward, if you like. I'm trying to find my, you know, uh, to, to express myself in English, but I think that's a good, good, good way for you to understand what I mean. Yeah. So it's 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 easy when you have, you know, the picture and you can inspire yourself and you let yourself be driven by the game. Okay. That that's cool. But what do you do when the picture is not there yet? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly then you right. Need to, uh, then you need to find your way to make this flash forward and to get, you know, to look into the future. And uh, this usually happens uh, through a lot of discussions, a lot of conversations, a lot of, uh, you know, um, sharing of ideas with fellow colleagues to the point that, you know, I have enough information to the point that I believe, okay, I believe I, I I know everything that I need to know and I'm ready to immerse myself, to get inspired. But, you know, the information that I managed to collect. And uh, that's why, going back to your initial question, it's both ways. Sometimes uh, when I'm lucky, I can let myself be inspired and driven by the game itself. Sometimes I really need to find a way to make flash forward to collect information, enough information, and to look, you know, to, to let my gut feeling, my instincts, and my vision lead, uh, lead me, if you know what I mean. But do you Which prefer was, any one way or another? No, because uh, they, they both have their, you know, specifics and uh, they feel completely different. And ultimately, they, they, they excite me in a different way. Mm. But I would prefer to have to have it both ways because really uh, this uh, yeah because it gives variety it gives the diversity and when i look back and when i listen to each and every piece of music that i produce you know 
I know just by listening to those pieces of music what was the driving force there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, and I believe that one of the reasons there are so many colors in our music in Lawrence to this music is precisely that is the reason because our games are so big that you you basically you basically need to find your way when you're one of the last elements in the development production cycle. But again, again, one of the most important things is that, the, uh, you know, the, the family that I was talking about a few moments ago, when you, when you are well connected with your fellow colleagues, this helps a lot. I mean, I don't believe I, I would be able to do it if I wasn't so much and so well connected with all the people in Larian because they help me. You know, at some time, you know, I don't have the information and then, then I start talking to different guys and I say, you need to tell me, you need to tell me what it's all about. Uh, well, where are we going to? You, you know, please make me feel, make me believe it, make me give me the all I need to know so that I inspire myself, immerse myself, and grab my guitar and start singing or dancing or whatever. And uh, I can always count on my people. So that's why you know I'm always going that's back awesome. to to the very foundation, to the, the you know to, to the pillars of this relationship that I have with. How important is implementation of music in games? Oh. Oh boy! Yeah, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I think that's a, yeah, that's a beautiful question, and I believe it's critically important. Uh, one of the things that I'm used to, to, to saying to, to my students is that um, even the most beautiful and the highest quality soundtrack can easily be ruined by bad music implementation. Mm-hmm. And the other way around, if you are even the, even if the soundtrack is not you know the next genius. Think or whatever, it's just okay if it's very elegantly implemented, very very professionally and very competent. If you know what I, what you're doing, you can still add a good amount of value to the, the to the game at the end of the day. So going back to your question, it's one of the last but most important parts uh, in in the music production, and this is one of the reasons I actually decided. To develop myself not only as a composer but also as a music director that's why you know i reacted so uh you know positive to, to this beautiful question of yours because you know back then when i was starting my career as a composer uh, very early in my early days i realized that if i don't want to be constantly unhappy miserable <laughs> about uh, the way it's being implemented I realized that I need to start developing uh, myself not only as a composer and music producer, but also as a director who is uh, uh, competent in the music implementation itself. Uh, and again, I consider myself quite lucky that I managed to realize this quite early in my days. But you're now. giving yourself double the work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, that's absolutely the only way, at least for me, to make sure that whatever I compose and produce is going to be implemented in the right way. The, yeah. the right way. Thank yeah. you so much. The right yeah. way. Um, uh, yeah. And the, this is why, you know, I tend to, to design the music systems myself, because when I get familiar with the narrative, when I get familiar with the, the game direction, um, uh, who, if not, the music director would know. Yeah, exactly. What music systems we would need in order to support the narrative design, the gameplay, and the game direction. I was uh, just speaking with the actor from Elfira, Rebecca, 
And that song, Weeping Dawn, not that she sings in the final version, but I heard you say it was a was a happy accident, that song. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That's one of those moments. And again, again, a direct result of these special relationships that we have in, in, in Lorian. It was a very funny, funny moment because um, one day one of the writers got in touch with me. I believe uh, Rachel Quirk is uh, her name. And I believe that back then she was a junior writer. I might be mistaken. Uh, apologies to the, <laughs> if that is the case. Please, Rachel, don't kill me. Uh, but I believe that uh, she was junior back then and she dropped me a message of a Slack telling me something like, you know, Bobby, can you please compose a, a very special song for this character? And uh, How do you react to that? Because that's not something you uh, get often, right? Uh, well, I was, I, was, I was positive because, it, again, you cannot, you <clears throat> can directly get in touch with each and anyone in the company. It's, you know, that's not, there are no walls. There are no, you know. I it's mean, open communication, yeah. It's an open yeah. communication. Thank you for helping me out. Uh, so it's, it's, it's something completely normal that each and anyone there, regardless of the position, the job, the title, can get in touch with anyone else. And the very fact that someone else is asking me for a special piece of music made me believe back then because I, you know, I was, you know, totally running crazy back then. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know why, but she gave me the impression that it was an extremely important character. <laughs> and that we were running out of time. I don't know why. Maybe it was not me, but I believe it was just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like running crazy, I was like, okay, I need to do something about it because, uh, you know, in a matter of days, there were there was a life orchestra recording session planned, and uh, maybe that was one of the reasons that I was so nervous and so running crazy back then. But I, I, I thought that I was supposed to include those, uh, this song in the upcoming life orchestra recording session. So I sit down, grab my guitar from the very first version of the song myself recorded with my voice and i recorded it with live orchestra a few days later <laughs> only to realize in a week time that uh. this character had only 10 lines of dialogue in the entire game <laughs> and i even remember talking with one of my friends uh, a dear producer uh dear, dear friend of mine alec was telling me Bobby, you do realize this character is not exactly <laughs> one of the main origin ones in the game. Uh, but uh, you see, again, I mean, as a result, people loved the character so much that I remember there were petitions, uh, you know, running around uh, asking Larian, please make Alfira, uh, make war. Yeah. I mean, we need her. <laughs> Even to this day, I keep reading comments like this one. We want more. <laughs> you know, we want more. Please make Ophira romanceable. Please make Ophira, you know, recruitable. Please, uh, you know, involve more content. Yeah. yeah. With uh, a lot more content. And that's, of course, not the only instance when we, um, you know, there are many more. And um, yeah. But again, result of this unique culture of ours. Uh, of course, this doesn't mean that uh, it might sound that uh, we are acting in a very chaotic way, but that's not the case. We are very well organized. We are, you know, we have 
everything organized in a perfect order and everything. But at the same time, we never neglect a beautiful idea. We never say no without exploring the idea, no matter who is giving the idea. If you have a beautiful idea, you can go directly to talk to Sven. He, he, he's always going to, to find time to listen to your idea and, and, and to give it you know, a thought and, and, and to give you a feedback. And uh, if the team believes that this is a good idea, no matter how crazy it is, almost no matter how crazy it is, or at uh, what stage of the development cycle it's being presented to the team, we are always going to give it a, give it, give it a shot, give it a thought, discuss, and eventually kick it into motion, kick it into the development cycle. So we are having it, you know, both ways. Again, we are very structured, very organized, very, you know, focused on what we are aiming to achieve and where we want to go on one side. But at the same time, we never say no to the beautiful and interesting and brave, courageous idea. And this is one of the reasons I believe that our games are so colorful and so full of surprises, if you like. Uh, simply because it doesn't really matter for us if one or one million people are going to experience this particular um, idea that we managed to... You'll still put 110% in, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we love it, because we believe in this idea. And Ophir is a, is a really good example. Back then, I, you know, everybody realized that uh, that was a side quest that could be easily skipped or, you know, ignored or anything. But the cinematic team truly embraced the idea about having a beautiful song implemented. And whenever they heard um, the song, they loved it so much. I'm talking about uh, my friends in the cinematic department that they said, we're going to give it a full-blown cutscene. Why not? I mean, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. It doesn't really matter how many people are going to experience this one. The very fact that we find it very exciting and emotional and uh, genuine, it's absolutely enough. One or one million doesn't really matter. Is that touching for you to see that, that they did that, they turned it into a cinematic? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, absolutely. I mean, that this is so, 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 so touching and, um, yeah, and motivating, if you like. Really? Because you do realize that uh, um, you should not be afraid to be creative, to give ideas, to pursue whatever you believe uh, in. You understand what I'm saying, right? Because ultimately, again and again and again, I, you know, I can keep, I can keep repeating myself: is that if we really want the, the people to enjoy our games, we need to enjoy the process of creation. There's no other way for me because we cannot fool the people. This is how I feel. I'm gamer myself. I'm playing games like crazy every single free minute that I have in my in my life. And I can tell you always, whenever the, you know, the developers enjoyed the process of creation or, or not so much. And, and that's why I always strive in my work, you know, to be fully committed. I don't want to be involved. I want to be committed because I know that that's the only way uh, to make the people uh, feel and experience the emotions and achieve the goals where so you're playing for. you're playing Baldur's Gate at the moment or what else, what else are you playing at the moment no but I finished it recently <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know again and again you know, once in a while I I, I, I fire up the, the, the game uh what am I playing at the moment oh at the moment I'm playing Arcanum I went back to to, to, to this gem 
you know, a beautiful game from my youth. And uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I found some patches that uh, give the game, you know, a decent modern look. I believe higher resolution pack and uh, oh, yeah. some other, yeah. a bunch of, of, of patches. And I can tell you, man, I'm already, you know, logging like 50 hours in the game and I absolutely love it. Makes me feel young. What is it man. about that, that that's got you back in? Is it the nostalgia factor? What is it? it no, don't know. It, it was not the nostalgia. I was I was wondering, is there any other game that would give me, you know, a similar vibe to Baldur's Gate 3? Is there any other game that would make me feel so much immersed, so much, you know, involved, so much um, part of the world? And uh, I, was, I was, you know, checking my backlog and um, the games that I uh, finished over the years. And I, this is how I, I realized that Arcane would, Arcanum would be, you know, perfect choice for me to, to spend some time with. What's next on the backlog after, have you got anything oh, you're eyeing off? Uh, yeah, I, I believe next in line because, you know, I, I tend to, to play one fantasy, one sci-fi, one, you know, I... I uh, I, I rarely play, you know, a few times, in a, a few, few titles in a row in the same genre. Yeah. Uh, so if, if I play fantasy game at the moment, it, you know, most... You want to mix it up, probably, yeah. 100%. Yeah, most probably it. the next one is going to be sci-fi or something else. And um, the very next one in my to-play list is Cyberpunk. Um, oh, Cyberpunk uh, 2077? No, no, the expansion because I played oh, already the main. Liberty, uh, Phantom Liberty. Yeah. Yes, precisely. Yeah. Yes. So uh, this one is going to be next in line for me. That's a great soundtrack. Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. 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 Great a, game. Great soundtrack. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love that Absolutely. sort of cyberpunky sci fi world. Yeah. So you got to tell me about, you know, this is a fan favorite Raphael's song. You knew I, you knew I was going to bring it up. I mean, this is. This is courageous. This is this isn't something you see very often in gaming. How did it come about? And by God, did you pull it off? It is so cool. Such a great piece of music. Andrew's fantastic. Um, talk to us about it. Thank you so much on behalf of the entire team, Mom. First of all, um, and again, it was a, a result of the typical Larian Studios working process. The idea for Raphael having his own song performed by the actor, Andrew, came from Sven Vinke himself. Wow. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So basically, when I heard the idea, you know, I was, I was literally running crazy and I was so <laughs> excited. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and as a music director, my responsibility was that uh, I was uh, not only supposed to produce, to set the style, of course, my responsibilities were I, I had to set the style, I had to produce the song, and of course, last but critically important part was to find the best place to implement the song. So I had the idea, and the moment the lyrics from our amazing writers landed on my desk, was the moment I said, Okay, let's go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, and um, the funny thing is that I tend to to sing each and every song that I compose first. That's why I can sing every each and every song in the game because this is how I compose the songs. You know, 
it's it's easy for me just to, to perform the song so I can hear it. Hear it, yeah. I really need to feel it, not only hear it, but I need to feel it, how it feels, how, how, how uh, you know, and um, maybe how you, how you release the initial version of the, of the song oh. with me singing. <laughs> You're gonna love it. I can I even just give you. it to me. All right, I, I just want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I believe I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna publish it because the people are gonna love this. Oh it's, yeah. Uh, it, it was a, it was a really special moment for me. The moment I sent the demo version to the team and to Sven himself. What did they <laughs> say? Know, they loved it. Oh. They loved it. It's so, it was so crazy. That they loved it. You know. It is one of those moments that you you you, you realize you talk to yourself, man. You know this is crazy. Okay, I know it's crazy. You know that it, it, this could easily be hated, right? <laughs> Not only love. Well, yes, but you still want to do it. Well, yeah. I believe it's cool. I mean, if the team wants to back me up, yeah, I'm crazy enough. Let's do it. <laughs> and and the moment the team said, Bobby, we absolutely love it, including Sven himself. There was no other, you know, way way for me to option for me, but to go for and to, and uh, the last but uh, maybe one of the most courageous things was to implement it as an introduction to the fight itself, because there were a couple of other ideas. But I, uh, I believe that that would that would be the right place. That would be the right place. That was that was the climax, the, the climax, and the, and the final encounter with our beloved Raphael. It's without a doubt one of my most favorite characters in the game. Oh, Thanks charismatic, to isn't he? Oh. To the one and only Andrew Wincott. This guy is a genius. You know, I, I just can't wait to meet this guy in person and to shake his hand. You've never met him? We never met. Uh, oh I mean, I, I directed the recordings, but I did the recordings, you know, over internet. It was a video call. Wow. And uh, so basically, uh, I had to connect uh, with the studio remotely. Still, he did such an amazing job. Oh, Just the yeah. first meeting of ours, he instantly, you know, took each and every idea that I had, had in the back of my mind. And it was such a joy to work with the guy, even remotely, let alone that uh, the fact that I'm absolutely in love with Raphael himself. This is such a brilliant character. And I don't think that any other character... Uh, would be able to to deliver you know the same experience again i might sound rough at the edges and politically incorrect all the time but i truly believe that andrew wincott is the was the best choice and thank yeah. god he was the one to take care of it i when i interviewed him a lot of people mentioned they thought it was similar in the same vein to mufasa in lion king was that at all an inspiration no, but uh, well, when you say, when I think about it, there might be something there, but yeah. uh, and I never occurred to my mind. Interesting. Before. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I didn't think of it either. But a lot of people, when I when I talked yeah. about that, they mentioned that this sort of this sort of Disney villain type of, you know. Yeah, I think that this inspiration came from Andrew. I mean, not in a direct way, not in an intentional way. But, uh, you know, every time I was listening to, 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 to a dialogue in the game, delivered and recorded by Andrew, you know, I, I couldn't just stop and start smiling myself. I mean, it was so enjoyable, so fun. Of course, huge part thanks to the narrative, our writers. Oh, incredible. I mean, yeah. our brilliant yeah. writers, 
uh, did such an amazing style. I mean that you know, you know, kind of has the Shakespeare vibe at one head, and on the other, so playful and bold and witty and arrogant and all those colors mixed in a perfect blend, and at the end delivered by the brilliant Andrew Wincott. I mean, it, you know, all the stars aligned who are there, and you forget it yourself <laughs> in this whole thing. <laughs> What I was actually wanted to say is that when you have all the stars aligned, it's easy to, to get inspired. I don't think that it was a big deal for me to, you know, stand right to those giants right next to me and to, and, you know, and to get inspired, let on the fact that my entire music production team was so very inspired. And I remember sitting with my long-term colleague and friend, Victor, and we were smiling and talking and he said, man, you really need to sing this yourself and i said of course i'm gonna do this <laughs> who else is going to sing this to, to present it to the team but uh yeah yeah and again and again and again a typical part of the learning working process you should not be afraid to be creative even when the craziest idea comes to your mind just give it a shot doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be kicked into production but you should not be afraid because there's always people that are willing to hear you, that are willing to discuss it, that are willing to give you feedback and eventually stand by your side to achieve it. What made you go for organs? Because it's so perfect that those organ sounds in that song. It just, it's the perfect. I believe you know. I believe you know. Don't <laughs> fool me. Don't fool me. Like... <laughs> We're talking about the devil, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, do I he have does a have six 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 health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's kind of a cliche, but uh, one of those that uh, it's uh, it's it's expected, right? I mean, you cannot you can never go wrong. I mean, to portray the devil with an organ, right? <laughs> and no, uh, uh, truth be told, uh, the theme uh, had already been composed. I mean, roughly of theme. The Raphael yeah. theme was composed right from uh, the beginning of Act One. What we needed to do is just to, to develop to the theme needed to evolve. Uh, in evolve the theme, yeah. Evolve the theme, but the theme was already there, including the 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 organ part. I mean, so it was not something new that we introduced with the song. Yeah, when you first meet him, you can hear it in the background softly that the organ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Every Sets time you know, you know, Raphael makes an appearance in the game. Maybe not every time, but you know, on those key moments, key story moments, the theme is there right from the start of the game, and the organ has always been there as well. So over the over the period of working on this game, was there ever a point where you nearly gave up or nearly thought this is too much or you burnt out or anything like that? Was there ever a moment like that? Uh, this is an absolutely amazing question. Um the thing is, I cannot give up. And let me try to explain. That. I love that. Uh, because I I have this internal, you know, I feel I'm going to die, literally, if I give up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to put it in English to express myself. I, I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. But it, it's one of those things that no matter how hard it is, you know that you won't be able to look yourself in the mirror. You won't be able to keep going. You won't be able to, you know, to, I mean, 
I'll, I'll die first emotionally, then physically. And this is how I feel. And that's why I, I'm not involved in the projects that I work. I'm committed to the projects I work with. Mm. And uh, that's, that's, that, that, this is how it works with me. This is, that's why, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 and Divinity Original Sin uh, 2 before that were both very personal projects. This is something that I experience with with all my heart, with all my mind and, and body. And I cannot give up. I cannot. Again, it sounds like a stupid cliche, but I'm really trying to, to find the best way to, to you know, to, oh, to explain. Oh, I understand. It. I understand, mate. It's not in your DNA to give up. You push through adversity. Yeah, because I know that, uh, again, I won't be able to, to move on if I give up, yeah. you know. I, I, this means that to give up for me means that you know I'm gonna betray my my heart. I'm gonna betray myself. And how am I supposed you not know, to believe myself, to believe my vision, to believe that I can achieve whatever I want to achieve in the next project if I gave up in this one? This is how it feels, and it doesn't really matter the scope. I can tell you that one of the first scopes that I um, responsible for to many years ago, Crisis Two. The moment I finished working on Crisis Two, the first thought that uh, occurred to my mind was. I would never ever be able, you know, to produce such amount of music and uh, on on such a level and scope. And here we are, twenty years or fifteen years later, Baldur's Gate three like one hundred times bigger, deeper. Again, forgive the political incorrectness. I'm not trying to you know to, to compare the games. I'm talking about uh -huh. you know scope. Talking yeah, purely yeah. from a small perspective, because you know, uh, uh, Crisis Two soundtrack was like you know a couple of hours, like yeah. like uh, Baldur's Gate Three soundtrack is seventeen hours, one seven. My goodness, that's crazy. Yeah. So here is the challenge. <laughs> yeah. So Man. again, again, I, I just I, I just really needed to, you know to clarify this to make it crystal clear that I'm not trying to, com to compare no, you know, no. apples and oranges and stuff like this, but I'm, I'm talking. About scope. So at the time, you thought, yeah, you're never going to be able to. Yeah, the scope back then looked so huge, enormous to me that you know, I, I I thought I would never be able to do something like this again. And here I am. I had just finished uh, Baldur's Gate three, which is like ten, fifteen times bigger in scope again. Do you think we'll ever see that full soundtrack released for Baldur's Gate three? Is that possible? I would love to I would love to, but it's not that simple. Everything is possible in life. Um, uh, the thing is that it's not that simple. There no. are um, uh, to to release a piece of music from the soundtrack. It needs to be mixed and mastered for a standalone listening experience. From one hand, for, from another, uh, there are like, if I'm not mistaken, around five hundred pieces in the game. <laughs> so now you do the math. So you need twenty and, albums. Uh, to so come. yeah, and yeah, but not, not not each and every piece is suitable for standalone experience. That's the thing. Right. First, and uh, last but not least, um, the you know the, the amount the the, the gigabytes, time. the gigabytes, <laughs> the time. I mean, yeah. there are so many factors. So that's why you know I, I would love to, and you know, I hear my fellow gamers. When they are, you know, keep asking me, please release this piece of music, release that piece of music. But if I release, you know, if I address one of those requests, 
I cannot betray the rest of the people. I need to either address them all on or not at all. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's and it's not that simple. But the answer to your question is I would love to. And uh, what I intend to do is to here is news, especially for you, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I intend to release more parts. Oh, beautiful. In the future. Yeah. I cannot promise uh, any specific pieces and certainly uh, I don't think it's the right way to approach try it. to address, every, yeah. you know, every, every request because, you know, you cannot um, physically, it's, it, it's not realistic for me to, to respond to each and every one of my fellow gamers out there. But uh, I promise that that's not going to be the last part, the first and the last so part. So for, for, for the next part, are you – personally handcrafting the album yourself uh yeah i mean usually what i need to do is sit down to make a selection with from in-game music then i need to remix those then they need to be remastered professionally and prepare for a standalone listening experience so basically this is the process this is how it works i cannot just you know and upload yeah. <laughs> and post yeah. them in Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that way. And this is why, of course, I need to find the time to find the uh, resources and all. Answer is yes, I would love to, but it's not that simple. It's possible, it's just not that simple. Yeah, no, thank you for clearing that up. I, I know a lot of people um, are looking for it. I've got a few fan questions here that I'd love to get to. Here's the first question. I'd love to know whose story, whose stories did you have in mind when you wrote "I Want to Live"? It's practically perfect that it cuts in at the moment when Astarian starts carving his new birth year on the gravestone. That's got to be one of my favorite moments in the game. Heartbreakingly beautiful. Makes me very happy. Mm. Again, a really beautiful question, and makes me very, very happy because "I Want to Live" is one of the pieces that are very close to my heart, and. Um, let me tell you a story. Please. I, I told this story somewhere else, but by but maybe <laughs> maybe uh, your audience and our fellow gamers will be able to hear it from your channel for the first time. So back then, when I was uh, out one beautiful day, I was talking to one of uh, our writers, the lead writer, Sarah Bayless. We were talking about life, universe, and everything else. And, uh, you know, I was uh, talking about lyrics in a song that I really needed to compose for the game because uh, I came up with this idea that uh, usually in in movies and in games, you have main theme or you, you, ha you have main theme and then you have themes of different characters, important main characters in the movies or in games. But... I remember I was thinking, how about if we have not only main theme, but player's theme? How would that sound? Something that would accompany your own adventure. Some, something that would, you know, would give you comfort and support you and make you feel that you're not alone. Give you this personal touch and perspective. Intimate touch, if you like. And I remember Sarah asking the question, it sounds very good. Let me ask you something. How do you feel in life in this particular moment? And then without giving any other spoilers, 
I told her how I feel, what I was, you know, going through, you know, my struggles, my battles, my ups and downs. You know, I opened up I, my heart and I told her a few stories back then. She thanked me and uh, a few days later, she sent me the lyrics. And you can imagine the smile on wow. my face when one of those lines were reflecting some of the things that I told Sarah. Man. So going back to your question, one of the very reasons that I want to live so dear to my heart is because some of my personal story is being reflected and engraved there as well. Of course, the main goal of the team is as well that this is player's team. And every time when somebody says, this is perfect for Karol, no, this is perfect for Astarian. No, this is perfect for my dad. It always makes me smile because it makes me realize that I managed to achieve what I was aiming for. This is your theme, guys. And it's always good. It doesn't really you know, matter how you feel about it. As long as you manage to identify yourself one way or the other with this theme, as long as you manage to feel it, you know, to, to, to let her in your life, in the, in the game, that's your theme. What an amazing that's, story. Yeah. Were, you, were you emotional when you got those lyrics? You can you can say that simply because um, yeah and uh, as I told you a few moments ago I sing each and every song that I compose and the very first version was entirely performed by, by me only before of course I invited um, the female singer Ilona to to join me in the recordings because I, I realized that it was going to be way more impactful and way more versatile and would give way uh, bigger um, freedom if it's performed as a duet in its final version, because ultimately what I wanted to achieve with, with the song was to give you the emotional playground to open your heart and to identify yourself with the thing at the end of the day. And I believe if you go behind his Starian's camp, the song plays, is that right? If you Yeah, that's a, that's an Easter egg that uh, I implemented. That. Did yeah. you? Wow, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was hoping that the people would, would find it and, and it took them about a day. And it made, <laughs> Sounds you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of the moon of joy when I read for the very first time that they found the song right behind the tent, climbing on the rock. But yeah, very special theme and uh, very dear to my heart. So I, a lot of people have asked your favorite track, which it feels like it's impossible for you to pick a favorite. It's like, who's my favorite child? You can't really do that. I have you? one. I have one. Oh, you do have one. <laughs> yeah, I have you one, do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I cannot lie to you. Can I? <laughs> no, you can't. Tell us, please. You'd be surprised, by the way. My favorite song done is Bart Dance. Oh, of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it was it was a hard one. You know, I can uh, I give you that. It, it, it was not an obvious one, definitely. You know, I was surprised myself when I realized that this one one of my most favorite pieces at all. I don't know. It's so playful. It's so it it always makes me you know sing and dance. Yeah. Uh, it and it kind of reminds me of, again of my early days in the video game industry. Back then, I was composing way more songs in this particular style, and maybe that was one of the reasons. And 
last but not least, there is another story behind the composition of this song. The idea for the song came from Sven Vinke again. <laughs> this guy's story. a genius, isn't he? He's a genius. He's a genius. I mean, that's why I'm, you know, I, I keep telling you that, you know, the flow of ideas goes back and forth all the time. Yeah. It's symbiotic relationship. It's a very symbiotic. The synergy is totally there. Mm. Have you seen the clip where, you know, they're on the, they're on the edge, someone's on the edge and everyone's coming over and, and listening to the player, and then he just pushes them off, <laughs> lure them with your music, yeah, and then yeah, see yeah. you later. <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you another music story. You know, I was working, uh, you know, in the studio when Sven dropped me a message. Uh, guess how am I robbing the bank at the moment? And I was like, well, and as you can guess already, yeah. he was making, you know, a live performance in the middle of the bank in the trezor and everybody was tossing coins <laughs> and because the, the people are crazy uh, i mean are of course rich and they have money that was a really beautiful and very smart and sleek way to you know to, to earn money just make a concert in the back in 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 the, in the very bank of the city so um the, this is one of those moments where, uh, which makes me realize why I love our game so much because the way we develop the games, they give endless opportunities. There's such a beautiful sandbox for your own ideas and creativity, if you like. It would never, ever occur to me to go and make a concert in the bank, for Christ's sake. Mm. But somebody did, and as a result, they earned money. Or the guy who lured each and everyone to the edge just by playing a beautiful song <laughs> in a most brutal way. That's your fault. It's aggressive. It's hilarious it is. It's fantastic. So, um, yeah. It's absolutely The player's fantastic. agency, the systemic way we, 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 we love to approach um, our games, narrative, gameplay, music, everything. Absolutely everything. What was your reaction and, when you saw the reviews come out and they were 10 out of 10s across the board? How did that make you feel? I, I was stunned. Yeah. I was stunned because we were very exhausted at the end. I can tell you that um, it was um, quite a run at the end. I personally had the good feeling that it, it was going to be a brilliant game because I loved it already and, you know, when you enjoy the game, you know that it's going to be a brilliant game. But I lived and I've been around quite a bit to know that that's not enough. I mean, even if you deliver an absolutely brilliant video game, that's not enough in the modern world to be successful and to, to get such a perfect scores like this one. And Arcanum is a really good example when we're talking about uh, brilliant video games. To this day, I keep, you know, being, every time I think about the Rokanium, it makes me sad that a game like this one never got a sequel, for instance. Mm -hmm. Or Arx Fatalis is another name that comes to mind. It's a, another beautiful and less known role-playing game. Uh, and I knew that the game was absolutely brilliant. I knew that the people would love it, but I had absolutely no idea that 
it was going to be such a critical success. And yeah, I was stunned. I, I did not expect with it. I was really, 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 really well, pleasantly surprised. I want you to know I did vote for you for the Game Awards. I'm, I'm hoping you win, man. <laughs> I'm pulling for you. But even if you hmm. don't win, you're still a winner, man. You're still a winner either way, you know. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now would be the right time to let you know that uh, if I'm to choose, I would always go for the love of the people, man. This is why I'm here. I wouldn't be talking to you now if that was not the case. And I and I, and I, I know that you know that. Video games are something very special. This is why I don't believe that, you know, video games could be, could be, I don't know. I, I think that that's the reason why Larian is, uh, um, is experiencing this beautiful moment in our lives and all because we are faithful to our hearts we really love doing games we are committed we are not involved we love what we do and i think that that's the only right way when it comes to not only games but entertainment if you like there might be people there who are able to entertain you without letting the emotion strike them as a lightning but I, we are certainly not one of those some of those people is what i'm trying to say and certainly not me the moment i start uh, enjoying the process of creation the moment i start believing the moment i stop caring about my people and my audience that would be the end of me it's not you know i i change a very lucrative profession in my life become a video game developer for a reason because it was not about the money it was about being a video game professional and that's why, you know, it, all those things, that they're interconnected with one another. With your previous question, would you give up? Have you ever thought about no, no, and no, because that would be the end. Are you excited for the future with Larian and the future in terms of your work and what you're going to do next? I know you can't reveal anything, but are you, are you excited for what's next? I'm thrilled, man. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. Sadly, there is nothing else I can tell you. No, right no, no, now. I know, I know. But I, I can tell you, yeah, I'm thrilled, I'm excited, I'm happy, and I just can't wait. Do you, do you think Boroslav from 20 years ago could have taken on this mammoth effort for Baldur's Gate 3? How would you have gone 20 well, years ago? Uh, if somebody told me that something like this would happen, I wouldn't believe it. I would think it would, it, it would be crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it. And uh, But same goes for many events in my life, and ultimately – if you are faithful to your heart, if you are consistent, if you um, keep going with a pinch of luck, you eventually find yourself there. I mean, I again, sounds a bit, but this is what I believe and my life kind of proves it for me because again, 22 years ago, I was an IT specialist and now I, I have my people, I have my community, I have my video games, I have you. What else? <laughs> what I want from life. Oh, man. And you've got a concert coming next year, right? Yeah, that was, yeah. Man. A year ago, if somebody told me that something like this would happen, I would still not believe it. I mean, uh, but it, it's again you. It's not about me. It's about this energy, which goes and energy and emotion that goes back and forth. It's all about this. I wouldn't believe it, but again, yeah, I mean, it's surreal. It's absolutely surreal. 
And the only thing that makes me get up really, you know, in the morning and jump into the studio and grab my guitar or do anything because I know that whatever I have to say, whatever I have to play, I'm the happiest man on earth that I have my people and my audience there willing to give it a, sh a shot. I mean, this is this is very special. I was joking with uh, our uh, head of legal department, Anthony, that uh, after the concerts in London, I can retire. I have it all. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. My, my no company, you know, you know, the company that I love, the people that I love, <laughs> the audience that I love, the music that I, you know, you know, uh, each and every drop of blood and sweat uh, was totally worth it. Um, I believe I'm, I'm a lucky, I'm a lucky person. You're not allowed to retire, mate. I'm not, I can't let that happen. <laughs> Selfishly, we can't let you retire just yet. <laughs> I hope, I hope that there's still, uh. I would quote, I want to leave. There's more to do and I still want to leave. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Love uh. it. Is there anything, as we start to wrap up here, is there anything you would want people to take away from your work on Baldur's Gate 3? Is there something that you wanted to convey across the entire soundtrack? Or was it just for people to feel? I think that uh, each and every emotion that I wanted to, the people to experience is already there. You know, I, I closely, I, I stay, I, I, I strive to... to to be closely connected with the audience, with with our community, and one of the things that makes me so so content is the fact that uh, each and every one of the community out there finds their own piece of music to relate to, or to move them, or to identify themselves with something throughout their own story. And this is the ultimate reward for me. This, uh, you know, helps me, and it gives me the confidence that that was the right path. And um, it was not always like this, I can tell you, because at the beginning it was quite stressing and challenging to set the direction in the first place. Because to be third number, number three in the series, in such a legendary series, that was one of, if not the biggest challenge in my uh, life and in my career. With number, you know, Baldur's Gate, uh, Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2, such legendary installment in the series, let alone the soundtrack, the beautiful music, beautiful time, and, all, and, and, and now with the third installment, setting the vision, setting the approach, setting the pillars of the soundtrack was, the you know, the, the biggest challenge and the biggest risk, if you like. And going back to your question, when I look back, I'm grateful and happy that uh, I place my bet on the emotions in the soundtrack. I wanted to evoke as much colors of emotions as possible in the game. Because I was thinking, there's no such a thing like universally good piece of music. I'm just, again, trying to find myself to express myself in English, but... No, that's fine. You know, some fellow colleagues try, you know, to find the golden grail the ultimate composition, the ultimate style that's going to move and to have an uh, equal impact to each and everyone out there. I don't believe in something like this. I would rather go with something, you know, with a little bit different approach, which is compose, 
a big bleed of musical compositions with different emotional colors mm. in a way that the people can find their piece of music, identify themselves with, with this particular piece and let rest of the soundtrack accompany them throughout the story. And this is why I think that the uh, soundtrack in a way was uh, well accepted at the end because the people managed to find their own peace, their own emotion. Well said. It's been a pleasure to chat with you, Borislav. I tell you what, this is a real honor for me. Thank you for giving up some time. Thank you, man. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. Take care and keep the passion alive. This is all I can say at the end. Is there anything you want to say to the fans quickly that have that have tuned in today? I would like to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, guys. I mean, it's all about you. Nothing else. I mean, it's all about you. Thank you. Please stay with us. Beautiful. And would you ever consider touring or anything across the oh, world? With... Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, but, I, but I'm a weakling, my friend. I would not have the stamina for a complete tour. Maybe, you know, you know a special appearance once in a while, but, but, you know, as a young boy, I was, you know, one of the dreams that I was having back then was to sing in a rock and roll band, but not anymore. I'm a really old dog now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much for taking the time, mate. We really appreciate it. Make sure it to pleasure. follow Borislav guys on Twitter and anywhere else, Facebook? Mainly Twitter. I mean, that's the, okay. uh, the network that I mainly use. I Yeah. And, so. you, and YouTube. And make sure to follow YouTube, you on YouTube. Of course, yeah. Uh, YouTube channel was created especially for the community. That uh, It was the sole reason I opened the channel in the first place. And it was opened like two years ago or even less. And there's millions of views flooding in every month from <laughs> your incredible work and the team. And, again, on behalf of all the community, mate, we want to thank you for an incredible soundtrack. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you, Dan. Take care and bye-bye.